Welcome to 24 Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. <laughs> I haven't even said anything yet. I know. I just... Are we recording? We're recording. Oh, I'm sorry. Aim. Hi. Hi, Al. So for those of you who can't see us, which is literally everyone... Amy and I are actually together for this episode. We're in the same room, so there'll be no fun videos, but probably still fun content. Definitely still fun. And, you know, we'll have to be careful not to talk over each other too much. Yeah, editing will be hard. Yes, yes. So you don't know what today's topic is. I do not know. It's a surprise topic. So we recently went to a friend's baby shower. Yes, we have. And we played a game where you had to finish the nursery rhyme or fill in like the missing word for the nursery rhyme. Yes, we did. Do you want to guess what this week's topic is? Nursery rhymes? You're so close. How am I close? That's literally what the topic of the game was. Mother Goose. Mother Goose. Oh, do you remember we had that animatronic Mother Goose growing up that like blinked her eyes and her beak moved and told us stories? Yes. We're actually going to talk about her. Really? She's in here. Do in we my still notes. have her? Do you think she's still in mom's basement? I have her. You have Mother Goose? I have Mother Goose. Does she still work? I don't know. I will try. If she does work, I will try and get a video for social media. And we'll talk more about Mother Goose. But first, what is the image that comes to your mind when I say Mother Goose? Like a goose in a bonnet. Yes. Exactly. I always picture like a white goose. And maybe a white be- goose. Maybe because the toy we had was white with a bonnet. And sometimes like... Harry Potter glasses, but like with gold, like real, real thin, thin wire. Yeah. I also, I do agree with you that that's how I picture her, but it also makes me think of those like cement geese that people had on their oh, porch when yes. we were growing up that would like wear the raincoat and then they would have like a spring outfit and then they'd have like a Mrs. Claus outfit. I yes. know those are not the same things, but that's how I depict Mother Goose in my head. Yes, I feel like those cement geese were very popular when we were growing up, and people who had them had an outfit for every occasion. Yeah, they're kind of like the flags now, right? So people have those like little wind flags, wind socks. The decorative flags, yeah. Yeah. They were that version, but like they went harder because they were cement geese. And also, like, try and run off with a cement goose, I dare you. Yeah. But anyway, yes, Mother Goose, I agree with your original explanation. Yes. First, and probably the most important question of the night was there a real person? Who was Mother Goose? Oh, I certainly hope so. There had to be, like, some very kind school teacher who just, like, influenced her children in such positive ways that got labeled that. So the answer is possibly. There was possibly. And we're going to go through a couple people who could have been. Is one of them a school teacher? No. Oh. But that would be really nice. I just was imagining, like, a kindly, like, older school teacher who also had, like, the thin frame glasses and wore, like a muted blue smock dress with, like, the loose little bun on top of her head. You know? You have a very specific idea of what she looks like. Well, I mean, if we translate it into goose form, that would be pretty close. I guess that makes sense. Some of the people that Mother Goose possibly could have been. So there was a woman who lived in Boston, and her name was either Mary or Elizabeth, who was widowed by Isaac Goose. I've read two different accounts of Mary slash Elizabeth. One was they were both wives of Isaac Goose and were two separate people. Got it. And the other article just made it sound like they weren't sure if her name was Mary or Elizabeth. So 
Maybe it was Mary Elizabeth or Elizabeth Mary. Maybe. But either way, Isaac Goose had a widow. And after he passed, she moved in with her oldest daughter and began telling stories and rhyming poems to her grandchildren to amuse them. Aww. These stories and poems started to gain popularity around the neighborhood and with other children. And eventually her son-in-law published them. That's a good story. I like that version. So Mary or Elizabeth is our one possibility for who Mother Goose is. Okay. Although I should say that History.com and I believe it was like the Poets Society or Poets, some, some poetry organization, both say that Mary slash Elizabeth is not Mother Goose because nobody has any record of these so-called published stories that her son-in-law published. Got it. There's no record of that. So there's no like original documents. Right. Okay. But there is a grave site for Mary Goose in Boston. So she was a real person. Okay. And I guess it is customary for people to throw coins on her. It must be protected by a gate or something. But it's customary for people to throw coins on her grave when you're visiting Boston, which I've seen at a lot of like other kind of celebrity things. You know, people leave coins or trinkets or, you know, I think Buffalo Bills is another one where people Mm -hmm. throw coins because it's has basically a cage around it. So people can't disrupt it. Yeah. So that took me down a little tangent. So we're going to go on a little tangent already. Of who Mary Goose is? No, of why people throw coins at graves. I was just going to ask you that because I was going to say I feel like I would have thrown like paper cranes or I don't know, something that felt more aligned with stories. Or maybe throw books at it. Throw books. I mean, that feels heavy. But right, yeah, yeah. something more in line with the actual Or I should say throw them at it. Lay them. Leave them yes. there. Even just like little baby bonnets or something feel more in line than coins from Mother Goose. But yeah. Now we'll now we're gonna know. Now we're gonna know. So the simple answer is it's just a way to pay respects. So leaving coins or other any other trinket at a gravesite is just a way to pay respect. But the coins specifically go back to ancient Greek mythology, and I'm gonna say this person's or I don't know if it's a person or a creature's name. Charon? Charon? I have no idea. You're usually the one with names. Yeah. Anyways, this thing was the fairy man, he maybe, was the fairy man of the underworld who navigated departed souls across the river Styx into the land of the dead. So he ferried you across the river, made sure you got to your, your soul got to where it needed to be. But he needed to be paid to do this. So your loved ones would leave coins on your eyes or on your mouth so that you had money to pay him to get your soul to its final resting place. I'm not going to lie to you for a brief moment. I thought this was coming back around to Mother Goose. And I was like, "Eh, he seems like not the best fit for Mother Goose, but I understand it's still on the coins. Uh, That does make more sense. And I could see it being carried over then, right? That adding coins as a sign of respect was a way to pay someone's passage but then it also became a simple and small way to pay respect yes exactly and coins actually have even more symbolic meaning in military tradition so coins were left on graves as a way to let fallen comrades family know that you had been there to pay your respects to their loved one oh that's sweet reasonable reasons that coins have made their popular 
yes. place in this space. And actually, in the military, and I'm going to tell you what everything means, what coin you leave sends a different message to the fallen soldier's family. Oh, I like a good code. Yeah. So if you leave a quarter, a quarter on the grave means the person who left it there was with the fallen soldier when they died. Oh. A dime means that the two served together at some point in their career. A nickel means that you trained with the deceased soldier. And then a penny just means that you're a fellow serviceman or woman who just has stopped by to pay your respects, whether or not you know the deceased or not. I like that. I feel like that's a good symbol and a easy one to translate. Those are what the different coins mean specifically for military graves. And then also sometimes military people will leave, it's like an emblem of their unit. So it's a coin, but it has like their unit emblem on it. So that's kind of a special coin that you could also leave. Sure. So just some interesting trinkets that people leave on some famous celebrity graves that I just thought were interesting. And then we'll, we'll get back to Mother Goose. This one I think is super cute. So Johnny Appleseed's grave. I'm sorry. We have to pause. Johnny Appleseed is real. Real. I mean, maybe he needs to be an episode. I think he should be. I think that's a great one. I also was not expecting that to be the first one you read, but okay. So Johnny Appleseed's grave is in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and people usually leave apples. Okay, that makes total sense. Yeah. I don't know why that wasn't my first thought. I 100% thought you were going to say sunflower seeds because I went with seed, not apple, but... I mean, seeds would be great too. Yeah, because well, then his whole grave could, you know, yeah, sunflowers probably makes more sense to grow another apple tree. But yeah, so this one, there's a mysterious person that is called Edgar Allan Poe Toaster who visits Edgar Allan Poe's grave, which is in Baltimore. He toasts him and then leaves a bottle of cognac and a few roses on a regular basis. That's what it sounded like. So this is one particular person and what they do for Edgar Allan Poe's grave. And they've put it on the internet or someone else witnessed it and put it on the internet? I guess. It was on this list. Interesting. I mean, that's a very nice gesture. I wonder if, like, the keeper of the grounds is borrowing the cognac. Well, and just, I have a few more of these. But since you mentioned the keeper of the grounds, one of the questions I did read that often comes up, like, what happens to all these coins? Because obviously, grave sites, if they're a traditional grave, they're in grass and they need to be maintained and you can't just leave a bunch of coins. Sure. So oftentimes, the coins are collected by the groundskeepers and specifically for military cemeteries, they are used towards veteran services. Oh, nice. And then other grave sites, depending are usually put towards, you know, the upkeep of the graveyard as a whole or some other charitable organization that's aligned with whoever runs the cemetery. That's good to know. Yeah. I don't think cognac is helping as much with that, but it's a nice gesture. Yeah. So this one I thought was really interesting. People leave pennies and always make sure that they're face up on John Wilkes Booth tombstone as kind of a... F you to cover him in depictions of President Lincoln, who he killed. Ah. So it's kind of like a reverse. It's not, they're not paying respects. They're kind of like, here's a bunch of Lincolns. So Lincoln gets to look up and you have to look at his back, essentially. Yeah. Oh, that's deep. Because didn't he shoot him in the back? Yeah. Oof. So that one was just really interesting. I'd never heard that before. Me neither. Also... Nope. I was going to say something sassy, but I think I'm going to leave it there. Okay. Next. Next. 
This one is also interesting. Well-wishers have slowly discolored actress Marilyn Monroe's tomb because they all keep kissing it. In red lipstick? Yeah. Oh, I don't mind that. I mean, I'm sure it's not like the favorite thing that people could be doing, but I kind of like that as like yeah, a... Yeah, it's kind of sweet. Everybody's, yeah, kissing and leaving lipstick prints all over her grave. Cute. And then, okay, so last one. And obviously there's well, so many of these. I just picked some that I thought were kind of unique. Yeah. I think the lipstick one's very unique. Yeah. Baseball enthusiasts pay respect to Babe Ruth by leaving baseball bets and baseballs. Oh, I like that too. I hope those get donated to like youth leagues and stuff. I would hope so, yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. I I don't know why I keep saying sweet. I mean, we are still talking about grave sites, but I think it's nice that they're specific to the person. Yes. I think it's a great way to keep their legacy alive. Yes. That's very well said. That's much better said than what I was trying to say. <laughs> I know what you meant. <laughs> Okay, so let's get back to Mother Goose. So now, who else? We need to take one beat. Okay. You are the only human I know that could start could start an episode by saying, we're going to talk about Mother Goose, and in the first five minutes, we're talking about grave sites. I'm just saying, I need to acknowledge it because I feel like this is a running theme, and so at this point, I'm now keeping track. Okay. You shouldn't be surprised, but... Is there a murder surrounding Mother Goose that we're getting to? No, the rest is all happy, happy, happy. Great. I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. Now we know, probably not Mary or Elizabeth Goose. Who else could this have been? So there are French texts. Hi, France. We love you. (laughs) That date back to as early as 1626. Wow. And the figure of Mother Goose could date back to the 8th century with Bertrada... Good job. I can't correct you, but I feel like that feels Bertrada good. Bertrada the second. Okay. Who was the mother of the first emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. Okay. And she was known to local children as Goosefoot Bertha, because one of her feet was a little malformed. Interesting. And I guess she would tell stories, and the children loved her. Like, this was not a mean name. I mean, it sounds mean. It does sound mean. I was going to say it's quite a label. But yes. if it led to being Mother Goose. But apparently, it sounds like she was beloved. Sure. Quite a legacy. Yes. No pun intended. Foot's not a leg. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so by the mid-17th century, Mother Goose, the phrase, became commonly used in France to describe a woman who captivated children with delightful tales. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I feel very sentimental about this episode. I feel like I have said awe a bunch, but I do find these very sweet. Yeah. So then in 1697, Charles Perrault published a collection of folk tales with the subtitle Tales from My Mother Goose. And then that was eventually translated into English in 1729. So that's the first time that the actual published works of any of the origins of these stories Mother came Goose, out. yes. Okay. Then, in 1765, John Newberry published the wildly popular Mother Goose's Melody or Sonnets for the Cradle, which shifted the association of Mother Goose from folk tales to nursery rhymes and children's poetry, which is how we all know Mother Goose. Which is a good distinction, too, because I guess we do lump a lot of those things together, like folk tales and nursery rhymes and poems, but they are quite distinct in, in the way that they have been popularized throughout time. So it's yes. interesting that it went from folk tales, which can be a little dark sometimes, yeah. to children content or sing songy. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I also think it's interesting that Mother Goose is kind of just, and I know other people are writing a lot of this stuff, right? 
But we all just like, oh, it's Mother Gooses. Yes. I just think it's so great. That we're the all just like sharing in. It's yeah. lots of other gooses. Not that those people don't deserve their credit. They 100% do. But it's just interesting. And I couldn't think of any other. And if you can think of one, let us know. Kind of art form where it's just widely accepted. Like you don't know who wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb. We just, oh, it's Mother Goose. Yeah. And Peter Piper picked his pickled peppers. Mother Goose. Yeah. And we're all just okay with that. It's just kind of a category. Yeah. I just thought it was really interesting. So that's kind of the history of who Mother Goose potentially was. So let's move on to some more fun stuff about Mother Goose. So if you Google Mother Goose toys, you can still get a ton of goose stuffed animals that look like Mother Goose. Sure. And so the goose that you mentioned that we have, the Mother Goose kind of animatronic one, was called Worlds of Wonder Talking Mother Goose. So she's probably foot and a half, two feet high. Yep. From top of her head all the way down her neck to her feet. feet. Yeah. And under her wing, she had a cassette player and you would put in a cassette and it would read a story and her beak would move and her eyes would Blink. blink. And then you'd have the book so you could read along and you could buy multiple stories and books. And I know I have the actual goose. Yes. I'm pretty sure some of the books are floating around. I'd have to see if there was cassettes. But if I can even get it to turn on, I will take a video of it. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping there's a cassette in her. Just one yeah, under hopefully. her wing. Yeah. But I know we had several. And now here I am thinking about the collection of cassettes we had. And now I'm thinking some of you might not even know what cassettes are. But anyway, moving Google on. It. Yeah, <laughs> just Google it. So there is an updated version, but I think it's more of like a pre-programmed thing. Sure. Where it just goes through different poems or something. It looks a lot smaller. It actually looks a lot squishier. Ours was not like a stuffed animal. She was hard plastic it was like covered in covered in fur, yeah. yeah. Like you're not gonna take it to bed with you. Ours was way better. Way better. Well she's the classic. I do yeah. think it's probably squishier makes bedtime stories easier, but she yeah. was awesome. I mean she still is awesome. I'm glad you have her. And the newer version just looks like I said, it's probably just all pre programmed and just kind of rotates through and there's not like books to go along with. Because she's holding, the newer one is holding a stuffed book. So it's all soft and... Interesting. Yeah. It's interesting because I think now about all of the kids' toys and how all of them can do all these things with teeny tiny technology, right? You could probably have eight or nine stories programmed onto a kid's toy that they can read through from start to finish. Yeah. And we were probably sitting there rewinding a cassette tape to get through one. Oh, for sure. Each cassette tape was its own story. Yes. <laughs> With a matching book, which was great, but now it's all built into one tiny chip somewhere. Yeah, exactly. In my Mother Goose research, I came across an interesting, slightly disturbing Mother Goose thing. Of course you would. Not, It's not that bad. It's not like true Allie. So there was an episode of Betty Boop, the cartoon, Okay. where it starts off, she's in bed and she's reading Mother Goose stories. Oh, Okay. Although on the cover of the book, it looks more like a witch riding a broomstick than what you would picture as Mother Goose. Interesting. So as she's reading the stories, Mother Goose, this witch, comes off the book into her room and they fly off together to Mother Goose Land. And so she's like walking through the different nursery rhymes and they get to um, Little Miss Muffet sitting on her tuffet. And then the spider comes down and then he like kidnaps Betty Boop. Oh, And he's trying to get handsy with her. (gasps) Oh, no. And kiss her and stuff. And she's fighting him off. And so all the different 
you know, uh, nursery rhyme characters are kind of chasing him or running away from him because they're all scared of the spider, apparently, too. And then eventually the sing a song of sixpence, a pocket full of rye, you know, four and 20 blackbirds baked in a pie. That one. The blackbirds come out of the pie and they eventually save Betty Boop. Do they eat the spider? No, they like wrap him up in his web and like fly him off in the sky. Unexpected heroes, but okay. Yeah. So they save Betty Boop. And then, you know, it all kind of like ends. And then she's like back in her room. So maybe it was like a dream. A dream sequence where Mother Goose is a witch and the spider kidnaps her. Yeah. But I had never watched an episode of Betty Boop before. And the whole thing is less than seven minutes. So I watched the whole thing. Was Betty Boop a children's cartoon? Or is this like an adult thing? Well, I was going to ask you the same question. So I guess that will be for the 75th hour. 75th hour? I want to say yes, she was. Because I think she was part of like the olive oil Popeye era. So I feel like that was all children focused. But I can picture Betty Boop in my head. So I genuinely don't know. Yeah, well... Also, everything you just said, like Little Miss Muffet sat on her tuppet and the 20 Blackbirds, was like a wave of nostalgia hitting my face. And I was like, oh yeah, I know that one. Oh yeah, I know that one. And then to integrate Betty Boop with that is kind of a weird crossover. Yeah, it was very interesting. It's on YouTube if you want to go watch it. It's Betty Boop Mother Gooseland, I think was the name of the episode. Interesting. I'll have to watch it. Yeah, and said it's less than seven minutes, but I was a little like... And I know, I know that a lot of children's cartoons that when we watch them today seem very inappropriate. Correct. So I understand it's just the time and the timing. But I was a little like, oh, okay. Like it's a little bit like I could see how that would be a little bit scary. It could be a little bit scary. Especially when you're taking like fun nursery rhyme characters. And then, I mean, the spider, I guess, is the bad guy in the rhyme too. So, but yeah. Now I'm trying to play through the rest of Little Myth Mustard. Because she's her scared. He scares her, her away. away. Yeah. yeah and down came a spider. He sat down beside her and scared Little Miss Muffet away. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. I got there. Yeah. So just a random thing that came up when I was researching Mother Goose that was just <gasps> interesting. I just had a whole life surge. You remember when we did forensics in middle school? Yeah. I think my eighth grade forensics... I don't remember what they called it, but remember I did it with a group of people. It wasn't just me. Yeah. Anyway, it was a group of people. I think they were all nursery rhymes because I think I was Little Miss Muffet and I believe I sat on a very pretend Tuffet. There is is a script somewhere in this house that would prove this right, but I'm pretty confident that my eighth grade year forensics collaboration, whatever the group Mm -hmm. one was called, was all nursery rhymes. Multiples? Multiples. Thank you, Allison. We want a plaque for that. It sounds vaguely familiar, yes. I'm pretty sure. I feel like it was all nursery rhymes strung together in like a little story. And that is why I'm having so much nostalgia here. Because I feel like I have said these a zillion and a half times. Weird. Well, didn't you guys, for like the actual showcase, like make a little bit of a set? And there was a big cardboard shoe that the old, whoever played the old woman stood behind? Yeah, because like, we did at it. at school. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you're right. I... You'll have to look and see if you can find some pictures or I something. I have to look. I know I have a few, and I could probably reach out to those individuals because I'm still friends with them, but I am having some serious deja vu right now. Like, just saying all those words out loud, I was like, why have I done this before? I feel like I have. Okay. Okay. So our next interesting Mother Goose fact is in Canton, Ohio, there used to be an amusement park from the 50s into the 80s 
and it was called Mother Gooseland. And it was essentially a big themed playground from what I could tell based on what pictures are floating around. That's fun. Yeah. Is it is it still there? So, no, but um, I'll get to that. So, yeah, it was open from the 50s to the 80s. Some of the attractions, and it's not like an amusement park like we would think now, like not like Cedar Point or Disney World. It literally just looked like a playground where people had built like, well, for example, one of the things was a giant shoe that was like a kid's playhouse that you could go into. Interesting. Yeah. There were statues of the Wizard of Oz characters, which I wouldn't consider like a mother goose thing. No. But it was kind of all encompassing of a bunch of fairy tales. There was a giant whale called Wally. I don't know what Wally the whale is. No, I've never heard of it. A giant jack-in-the-box where you could go in like the box part of the jack-in-the-box. A cave from Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. You could go oh. in like... Like a fake cave that you go into. Some other attractions, there weren't pictures of these ones, but they had like a, there's a Facebook page for it that you can go and see what old pictures people have tagged of it, like when they would were kids there. And then there's like a program and some of the other attractions, air quoting here. Three Men in a Tub, Noah's Ark, Hickory Dickory Dock, Bambi, Cabbage Patch, Three Little Pigs. So some of these... I just feel like it's a hodgepodge of things because I yeah. wouldn't have said Alibaba and the Forty Thieves was Mother or Goose. Noah's Bambi, Ark. Noah's Ark. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not all of these seem to be Mother Goose, but I guess they called it Mother Goose's Land, and it was just a lot of children's stories. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a Facebook page you can go look at. People have old picture posted, and then back to your question. No, it's not around anymore. A lot of the attractions were sold off to various other parks and things like that. The only one that still remains is Wally the Whale, because he was actually partially built into the ground and then used to have a pool of water around him. Interesting. So he's still there because he was too hard to take out, but it is now a dog park. That's so fun. So it's the, I think it said on the website I looked at, like, Wally the Whale's Dog Park or Wally's Dog Park. And on one of these stone walls that surrounds the dog park, they have a Mother Goose mural. That's nice. Yeah, so just kind of paying some, you know, homage there. I like that. Yeah. Also, I did just Google Wally, and he's very impressive. Yeah, so I don't know what Wally's from. I guess we could add that to the list for the 75th hour. There you go. But if you know what Wally the Whale, what story that's from. They've even put water back around Wally. I think that's just a puddle. Oh, <laughs> I take it back. Well, because it used to be an actual pool, and it looked like in one of the photos there was a sea lion in it. Interesting. Yeah. That particular picture, I think, is just a puddle in the dog park. But yeah, if you go to the Facebook page from Mother Gooseland, they have some old photos, and it looked like Wally used to be a sea lion hangout. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, those are all the fun things I have for you about Mother Goose, but I want to end by playing a game. I'm ready. I am going to read you a nursery rhyme. Oh, no. And you're going to have to fill in the last line. Oh, I don't think I'm going to be very good at this. Are these the same ones we did at the baby shower? Because that would be great. Uh, I don't think so. I think I tried to pick different ones. But I mean, maybe. that was a smart move on your part, but yeah. not so great for me. Okay. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Our first one. Little Jack Horner sat in a corner eating a Christmas pie. He put in his thumb and pulled out a plum. And told his mother goodbye. <laughs> no. And said, what a good boy am I? Nope. Okay. Okay. 
This one you'll get. Little Bo Peep has lost her sheep and doesn't know where to find them. Leave them alone and they'll come home. Something falls behind them. <laughs> Waking their tails behind them. I was close. <laughs> I don't think I'm good. Here I was being like, I did a whole play. And I can't even get Little Bo Peep. This one, okay, I... I'm not going to say it again, but okay. I think maybe you'll get it. Okay. Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down and broke his crown. And Jill came tumbling after? Yes. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. I was prepared for Jack to break his crown. I was kind of hoping that's where you'd stop. I was like, oh, I know what happens now. <laughs> okay, next one. Hey, diddle, diddle, the cat and the fiddle. The cow jumped over the moon. The little dog laughed to see such sport. And the fork ran away with the spoon. So close. And the dish ran away with the spoon. Oh, I feel like the fork and the spoon should be together. What does the dish have to do with anything? Oh, because you, like, eat out of the dish with a spoon. Anyway. Anyways, you got it. Ish. Well, maybe there's some some controversy there. Maybe the fork and the spoon were together, and then the spoon ran away with the dish, and house divided. I can't verify that any of that is factual. Well, we'll have to look it up in the 75th hour and see what kind of <laughs> okay, yeah. what kind of saucy details we can dig up. Let me mark that one down. Okay. Okay, next one. Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater, had a wife and couldn't keep her. He put her in a pumpkin shell. And there he kept her very well. Ding, ding, ding. Good job. Good job. Good job. There was a crooked man, and he walked a crooked mile. He found a crooked sixpence against a crooked style. He... Bought a crooked cat, which caught a crooked mouse, and they all lived together in a crooked house. Yes! Ding, ding, ding! I thought you were doing that because in of In a this. little crooked house, but I'll give it to you. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were doing that because of the crooked smile thing. I didn't even think about that, but it just makes it even better. I agree. Okay. Amy has a crooked smile. I do. My smile is lopsided. Like, I'd prefer when she if closes did- her lips, it doesn't line up right. <laughs> Sounds like my mouth. <laughs> totally off kilter. Maybe don't go back and look at pictures, though. That would make me feel better. Oh, okay. I should have left that out. <laughs> All right. One more. Okay. There was an old woman who lived in a shoe. She had so many children, she didn't know what to do. She gave them some broth without any bread. She read them a story and put them to bed? So close. So close. Then kissed them all soundly and put them to bed. They, she put them to bed? Yeah, she put them to bed. So oh, half, nice. half thing. Okay. Thing. We should have been tallying. I feel like I got two total with half points included. Yeah, I think three if we include two half points. Okay. Yeah. And then this one, not part of the game, just... So you've heard the term birds of a feather flock together, right? Yes. Apparently there's a whole rhyme. Oh. Yeah. That's new information to me. I know. It was for me, too. And there are so many rhymes considered mother goose rhymes. It's insane. There's no way we could go through all of them. But this one stuck out because I'd heard the term, but I... Didn't know there was more. Are you ready? Ready. Birds of a feather flock together, and so will pigs and swine. Rats and mice have their choice, and so will I have mine. Oh. Well, I might be thinking too deep on this, but is that essentially saying you're getting to pick your friends? Or that you hang with people like yourselves? Because swine hang out and birds hang out? And I don't know. I think your interpretation is good. Yeah. You'll get, you choose who you surround yourself with. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's all I have for you on Mother Goose. Do with that what you will. Thanks for letting us talk at you. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, suggestions, you can email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. It's also our Instagram, our Facebook, and our website. You can find us there. See you next time. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes. 